never rest again until he rid himself of both. About this time, Zeke rode upon a cattle carcass beside the barbed strands where the beef had weakened and died a winter or two before. The buzzards and maggots had done their job, and now only shreds of jerky and parchment-like skin clung to the partially exposed ribcage. Zeke pulled rein and dismounted stiffly. He had little circulation, his legs as numb as his wind-chapped face, and he paused to rub the back of his thigh before snubbing his horse to a post. Turning to the carcass, he withdrew the forty-five. Funny how the feel of the grip's curvature made that awful scene outside the tavern so much more vivid. The confusion and shock in Master Young's gray eyes, his bright blood smearing the pillar as he had slid down it a quick spasm, and then utter stillness, as he had lain on that boardwalk oozing red. The blue Schofield with the seven-inch barrel began to tremble in Zeke's hand. The ground tugged at the weapon, and he let it fall, an instrument of death that abruptly stared up from his feet like a window into hell. Opening his coat and shirt to the ripping wind, he unbuckled the money belt. The leather was stubborn, caught in his waistband, and he yanked frantically, finally shedding the belt as if it were a snake. The falling snow began to dust it on the ground, but Zeke made himself retrieve it, a dangling three-footer still rattling as the coins shifted. Kneeling to the frozen carcass, Zeke fed the belt through a break in the rib cage. The Schofield he scooped up and inserted next and then he stuffed the cursed items as deep in the concealing bowels as possible. He already felt better as he untied his horse and slipped his boot in the stirrup, but even as he threw a leg over the saddle, he heard something down the fence line that gave him pause. Here on the rim of the middle concho basin, the barbed wire alternately dropped into cat-claw-infested drainages and climbed elevated shoulders of rock and cacti. Just such a rise lay ahead, hiding the distance, but it couldn't muffle the scream of a horse in distress. Zeke had been a cowhand since age fourteen when he had first helped point Master Young's cattle up from South Texas to Kansas. Even then, the older cowhands had marveled at his horsemanship. In appreciation of his way with a green-broke horse, Master Young had dubbed him a riding fool. Part of the reason had been Zeke's natural athleticism, but he also had an innate affinity for horses and could, as Master Young used to say, coax more out of a clabber-head bronc than any other rider he had ever seen. So it wasn't surprising now that Zeke urged the bay up the rocky slope to do what he could for the crying animal. He heard wires snap and a frantic stirring that raised sweeping dust and then he topped out in Tassahillo and Prickly Pear to see driving snow pellets shrouding a fence-line rider's worst nightmare. Not far below, a horseman was down, and so was his roan, the two of them hopelessly caught up in barbed wire. Streaming red, the horse was on its side, and the white cowhand pinned underneath was desperately trying to still the flailing animal as the barbs raked and bloodied. hi Zeke touched spurs to horsehide, and rider and animal barreled down the slope. He hadn't seen anything so troubling since the forty-five's muzzle had exploded during the struggle with the drunken cowhand.
Ten yards shy of the wreck, he reined up so forcefully that his bay almost sat on its haunches, and then he was off the bronc and securing the reins to the fence. I help you. Zeke's only education had come in Master Young's East Texas cotton fields, and even after fifteen years of cowboying, his dialect still told of those early days as a slave. Time was critical, but he forced himself to approach slowly, not wanting to terrify the downed horse more. As it was, the snorting pony thrashed wildly, punishing the ashen cowhand who fought futilely to bring its head around to its shoulder, the only position in which he might control the animal. But the wide-eyed rider just didn't have the leverage, not with his arms and the roan's neck twisted in barbed wire. With every toss of the horse's lacerated head, every whip of its strong legs, the barbs shredded the cow.